It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You're listening to an Eric Bosby production. on two legs, and here I am feeling very hungry. <laughs> Come get some, demon boy. Hail to the king, baby. Really, Jarius? You're no Ash Williams. Ash Williams is a chainsaw-wielding poser. I'm the real deal. I'm up to, what, 16 now? (laughs) Inaccurate and irrelevant. The city is swarming with demons. Yes, staying out here in the open is not doing us any favors. Kieran, the outpost you told us about, we're getting close. Surprised we have resources here. The faction has tried to study the afterhell effects upon this world. Lord Tydra's desire to see if demonic forces could aid our cause. The jury is still out, I'm told. Considering that demonic beings are at best uncontrolled chaos, I'd love to know the results. Personally, I think it's a waste of time and resources that could be better put elsewhere. We're here. small in here, isn't it? It's an unmanned observational unit. A duck blind, if you will. Size really wasn't a factor for its installation. Here it is. Let me get the lights. Unit 1995 activated. Can I be of assistance? Status of the expansion. Entropy expansion is now on screen. Dear God. It's gotten worse. How many worlds does that make now? I've lost count. Our best efforts have only slowed it down. But it keeps growing. Like a cancer. Eating everything around it until there's nothing left but... suffering. And death. Cheerful as ever, Jarius. Change search parameter. Open files of Earth 3101966. Earth files open. Subject of inquiry. The Pale Man. Request denied. (laughs) Denied. Have a care, Jarius. Both of you, quiet. Computer, explain file status. Subject, the Pale Man. File access is restricted to Crimson Rank. Kieran, I I thought you were Crimson. Grey Rank. Only Lord Tydris is Crimson. Damn! 
If this is going to work, we need those files. Give me a second. Just need to hook into the system frame. Accessing subject, the pale man. Very, very impressive. How did you do that? Compared to the tech of my world, this thing is a VCR clock. So, Kieran, what are we looking for? Uh, the pale man's quantum biosignature. Ah, I, I see where you're going. Because he's not from Inferno, his signature will stand out like a bright beacon. Exactly. I'm using the computer to pinpoint his location. After that, it's up to you and Jarius to persuade him to join our cause. The computer's processing. As long as we're waiting, you should acquaint yourself with his file. Know thine enemy. Or soon-to-be ally. In here! There's a big counter, good cover. Kim, help me with this Byron guy. Uh, oh. And keep him quiet. Get down, people. It's right behind us. I thought we were toast, but it just took off. It seemed to... I, I don't know. Like it wanted to get out of here or something. Now that you mention it... I haven't seen any other monsters in the area. Think they know something we don't? Damned if I know. Just when you think you've seen it all. Lobster claws in a scorpion's body. With ten legs! Ten friggin' human-type legs! Byron, how you feeling? Not good. Feel... feel strange. Ugh. Oh, goody. Fainted again. How many times does that make? He's probably hurt. He did drop on the roof of our car. Where did he come from anyway? We were out in the open and bang! Our car gets wasted. Wasted? You couldn't get it running if you put your legs on it. Don't put that image back in my head. This place looks like a hotel or something. There's gotta be rooms with beds in here. Let's find one, lay him down, get some rest, and figure out what to do next. files are blowing my mind. Look, look at this. It says the Pale Man caused the fall of Rome on this world. Well, that's only partly true. His inaction led to the fall. Still, Jarius is correct. The Pale Man has been personally involved in a number of historical events on his world. A bunch of them, according to all this. Hmm. This one surprised me. The Titanic? He set the iceberg on its path. But why would he do that? Or any of these things? He wasn't all done for laughs, right? Lord Tidrus has a theory of sorts, that the Pale Man is manipulating world events to a certain aim. An agenda, so to speak. Sadly, Kieran, no one knows what that agenda is. No. Some thought it was for world power. But if that was the goal, he's had thousands of opportunities to seize control over the ages. And of late, he's kept out of the limelight, so to speak. What do you mean? 
he became a university student in Portland, Oregon. That's weird. Indeed, Jarius. One might even say out of character. What do you think he's up to, Karen? No idea. But it gets stranger. Before he became a student, he died. After I blew him in the tower, because he survived that. No, he died a while before that. Before? Wait, the, the pale man came back to life? Well, that's a matter of opinion. You see, when he died, an organization called the Watch buried his body under the Vatican in Rome. Then, a few months later, he was seen at a university in Portland as if nothing happened. But the strangest thing, his body is still buried under the Vatican. Okay, this is confusing me. You're not the only one, Jarius. The faction decided to investigate this further. Upon closer examination, it was discovered they're both the Pale Man. The same Pale Man. So, he's both dead and alive at the same time. As well as a student at Portland University. Yes. How is that even possible? Cloning? A time paradox? Evil twin, maybe? We don't know. Lord Tidrus decreed the faction was to avoid him at all costs because of that very question. And others. Then you two went and blew him up, so I guess the point's moot now. Target located. Now, all display. Okay, so where is he? In a house just outside the city. So how do we do this? I doubt popping up with a big cake is going to cut it. That's how the faction got me to join. Cake and Netflix for life. Not now, Jarius. I suggest the straightforward approach. He's already on his guard, and he is hunting you. Best to lay everything out in the open and hope for the best. Are you two ready? I'm always ready. I'm good. Right. Now, if this doesn't work... Don't worry too much, Kieran. If things go bad, I'll take care of it. Good. Report back to me on Earth Prime once you've finished. Good luck. I'm standing in the center of a city. The sun is out. The air feels warm on my face. A fog is creeping in amongst the buildings. Slow first. Then it moves faster. So much faster, the sun is quickly lost to the growing mist. Darkness grows. I try to speak, try to move, but find I cannot. I stand frozen as the fog envelops me. It has an oily feel and a sour smell. Fog obscures the city around me until nothing remains. Nothing but the ghostly whispers of those consumed by the fog. I wake, finding myself in a strange room. I sit up on the bed. The dream lingers in my thoughts. I feel uneasy. Something about it, something about the fog feels 
familiar. I can't recall why. It's then I hear voices outside the room. You're missing the point, Porkchop. It's beautiful and tragic because this boy was in love with her, right? And as he's listening to his tape, he finds out that she was in love with him too. <sighs> she did lose her virginity to this other guy, though. I never liked him. But you don't find that out until season two. And all that is entertaining for you. Hey, at least it wasn't about sparkly vampires. <laughs> Kim, that's not even funny. I met vampires. Really? Yeah, before I met you. I ran across these two losers once. I thought they were like, you know, together. But one was a vampire. He had a funny accent and everything. His name was Gergayi, something like that. The other guy's one of them goth kids. Driving around this busted up old VW bug. A vampire and a goth cruising the apocalypse in a VW bug? I kid you not. They invited me to go along with them, but I gave it a hard pass. Really? Why? You ever ridden in the back of a bug? Might as well chop your legs off, all that, and those two in the front, fighting like a married couple. Now that is hell. Huh, look who's awake. How long was I asleep? About ten hours, give or take. How do you feel? Better. A little. I don't know. I still feel strange. You did get banged up pretty good, huh? <laughs> I hope you don't mind my asking, but where did you come from? Where did I come from? Well, that's a little complicated. Yeah, I'll bet you say that a lot. Well, for now we're safe. So, you have plenty of time to... Ah, there you are, pale man. Right on target. Nobody move and everything will be fine. I had no real idea where I was, except I was no longer on Earth. Well, not my own Earth. I still had yet to get my bearings, let alone finding the two who had stolen the Atlantean power core. Then, in a flash, they were standing in front of me. The cyborg Jarius and the steampunk girl named Salem, who was armed with a sword. To say I was surprised was an understatement. Byron, you, uh, know these guys? Yes, you could say that. They're why I'm here. Pale Man, we would speak with you about a matter of great urgency. Do you now? Indeed. Rest assured, we mean you no harm. Oh, good. God knows how I hate being harmed. Like being in my tower when someone blows it up. Tell you what. Just give me back the power core, and we can all pop back to my place in time for tea and a nice friendly chat. Funny thing, you know. If I don't get my daily cupper, I get this horrible headache and all cranky. Some people think I'm addicted, but I'm not. Kinda like this girl in space I met once who loved coffee. Oh, you met a girl in space? I did. I helped her save this planet from an evil space duck once. An evil space duck? Weird, I know. There were feathers everywhere by the end, and evil duck eggs now I think about it. 
She also had this annoying robot called Charlotte that I just couldn't... You're babbling, pale man. Yeah, I do that when people point weapons at me. Call it nerves, but it's also a good distraction until I can do something like this. Before Jarius could fire his weapon, I pulled a small metal sphere from my pocket and tossed it into the open end of Jarius' weapons arm. Jarius! Drop the pig sticker there, Missy. Be a damn shame to mess up that hat of yours. Fine. The name's Salem, not Missy. Whatever. What did you do to him, pale man? Oh, nothing major. Just overloaded his cybernetic mainframe. What did you throw at that guy? A nifty toy created by the Watch. They use them against the Iron Dead. Cyborg zombies. They wander about on my Earth. The sphere knocks them right out. Figured it might have the similar effect on Robot Boy there. Is he dead? I did say knocks them out, didn't I? Then again, I don't think I ever used one on a living person before. I told you, we meant no harm. Yet you and Robot Boy keep pointing weapons at me. How charming. Anyway, you said you wanted to talk. Well, here's your... It's not. Here? Damn it! What is it? What's wrong? Demon storm! Demon storm? What are you talking about? A storm of fire and acid that rains destruction on everything. Hell on earth, man. The last one burned Hillsborough. To the ground. A hundred thousand people. Just a black crater now. We gotta get out of here. I'll run the storm. How? We don't even have a car. Salem, that device you use, it's how you travel, right? Uh, yes. Basically, it's a quantum entanglement generator that enables a person to phase out of one universe to another... Fascinating and verbose. Can it get us out of here? It can. But why should I help you? Because we're all in danger, if my friends are right. And speaking as one who's already died once, I don't recommend it. But you must listen to what I have to say, once we're safe. Fine, whatever. Just get us out of here. Something... Something's wrong. There's some sort of interference. It's the storm. It mucks everything up. Phones, watches, anything electrical. I think we may have a problem. We're all gonna be dead in minutes! I might have something. What are you doing? If I can narrow the transport field... Yes! It's working! But it can only take three. So the two of us get left behind to die? Wait. If I adjust Jarius's units like mine... Good. Now you two stand next to Jarius. Okay. So what now? This. Right. They should be safe. Should be? Well, the units aren't working properly. I have no idea where I've sent them. So maybe they're safe. Then again, they might be dead. Well, possibly... Salem! You're right? Yes, I... 
I, I should be fine. Thank you. We need to go now. Right. Here goes nothing. Do you really have to say that? Listening to the Byron Chronicles, The Chaos Faction Part 2, written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Sarah Ray Werner as Salem, Peter Joseph Lewis as Jarius, Natalie Motti as Kim Drake, Justin Fife as Porkchop, Kareem C. Cronfley as Kieran, Chris Williams as The Demon and Bruce Busby as The Computer. The script editor was Joe Medina. Music performed by Kevin McLeod and Adrian Von Ziegler. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This is Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Copyright Eric Busby Presents 2018. The year is 1885, but not one that would be familiar to you message for you, sir. You know, it is tiresome having the world's greatest detective as one's mother. Don't be silly. What's the word? I have a half dozen armed with cutlasses. Cutlasses? These fine gentlemen behind us? Yes, father. You and Gwendolyn deal with them? Yes, father. Ha! Hurrah! Target practice! No guns, you silly girl. This is an airship. Ah! Gwendolyn, are you all right, my dear? just knocked out my swordsman! The continued security and stability of the Empire relies on your efforts. So, you know who I am. I do. That's why I took your stick. Weapons out, men! <laughs> but he's gone! Numbskulls, idiots! We mustn't let him escape! What is our next ritual? Traditionally, it is walking out. All right. Hang on. Oh, my! Oh, Albert, you naughty thing. We are much amused. Join us in one week as we once again visit with the first family of the realm, Brass. This probably isn't really worth noting, but during my final radiation tests of the day, I saw a blip out in the opposite direction of Ra. It's a bright light with the pinpoint clarity of a star, but obviously it's not a star since it wasn't there yesterday. Or even a few hours ago. Also, it's moving. Charlotte's taking this new development with all the grace of a garbage fire. She barged in on her hydraulic arm while I was checking Ra's radiation emissions earlier, and started reciting the entire Caldwell Enterprises Emergency Preparedness Manual to me from start to finish. I took that to mean that she thinks the incoming light is a matter of some concern. I told her to be more optimistic, that it might not be coming directly toward us, that it could simply be a mirage, that she technically doesn't have a death to fear, 
but she just started reciting the manual all over again from the beginning. So I wedged a fallen tree branch up into the hydraulic tracks to block her from exiting the glass house. Season 1 of Girl in Space launches September 18th, 2017, with a new episode every two weeks. Subscribe using your favorite podcast app or stream episodes at girlinspacepodcast.com. It's all here in space. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? A fish surrounded by sharks. A secretary cursed by desire and ambition. Introducing the diarist by Donna Barrow Green. The diarist, an addictive psychological thriller, satirical, suspenseful, and full of twists. Available on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty just as you are right now. Oh, well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. (sighs) Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is, Daddy-O. Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Rocksprocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. And now there's... Twisted Pulp Magazine! (laughs) What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! Whoa! Dad, 
this looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man! Ha ha! <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy! And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere! Or at digitalvaudeville.com! That is D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com!